Welcome to the Inspired by Adventure Podcast, Season 3, Unique Entrepreneurs. Here is your host, serial entrepreneur, Wayne Brown. Welcome to Inspired by Venture, Season 3. I'm Wayne Brown, serial entrepreneur and this season's host. We will be exploring the lives of fellow entrepreneurs, how they got started, what motivates them, and share their business experiences. Entrepreneurs are a different breed. We're risk takers. Gut feeling drives a lot of our decisions, and we thrive on change. We have learned what it takes to surmount difficulties and create success against all odds. The fact that we and our companies are still standing is evidence enough that we have a wealth of knowledge to share with all of you. So today, everybody, we have as uh, my unique entrepreneur, Perry Baranowski. Perry founded Airstat Charters, providing private flights out of Thompson, Georgia. Welcome, Perry, and thank you for taking the time with me today. Yes, sir, Wayne. Thank you for the invitation. I appreciate that. Uh, so everyone uh, is always interested in uh, successful entrepreneurs and, and their backgrounds and, and how they got started, where they're from, how they ended up where they are. So if you can give us a, a background bio, um, that would be great. Okay. So I was born in Augusta, Georgia and uh, attended local schools here. And, um, you know, it was funny coming up through um, grade school, I got interested in World War II uh, aviation and read um, 30 seconds over Tokyo and, and things about the flying tigers and all that sort of stuff. And that just kind of sparked my interest. And, um, and, and that interest lay dormant for a while. And, uh, and I, I guess when I was a sophomore in college, I had already looked into uh, flying and uh, went and took some flying lessons. But um, I uh, married a, a, a gal from Rome, Georgia. We've been married for 28 years. Her name is Sherry. And, um, and let's see, so raised here, uh, have family going back uh, uh, a couple of generations, so. Well, every successful business um, fills a gap that's not being filled, either because of uh, uh, the customer service side or because of the, the actual service um, that you're providing. So how did you decide that uh, this service was necessary in Thompson, Georgia? So, um, I had been a corporate pilot for a while and also flown for the fractional industry and um, uh, had a company that I was actually happily employed with that went through a merger that didn't really work out too well and just got dissatisfied with the life and all that sort of stuff. Um, started working for some other companies and I just kind of felt like, you know, uh, with my experience in, in the service part of it, that that was something that's often lacking um, and just felt like I could uh, make a go of it. And um had no idea what I was biting off, but uh, <laughs> um, that's how I've just felt like I could provide the service aspect of it. Um, anybody can fly an airplane. Well, that's not true, but uh, you can teach anybody to fly an airplane almost. But if you can, you know, the service is the huge part of it. And I felt like that was lacking. So when, when did you start Airstat? Uh, that was in 2004. And did you start with one plane at that point? So you start with one airplane, uh, the, you know, part of the difficulty in starting a business like this is you have to own the aircraft. And uh, I actually had some friends that had an airplane. We kind of used that to piggyback and start um, and start the, uh, the process. And it's a long, it actually took me two years uh, to get the certificate. And so what, what, uh, what was the first plane you started with? 
uh, a piston engine, twin engine aircraft, a Piper Navajo. Okay. Yeah. And and how many uh, and what type of airplanes aircraft are you up to today? So, um, you know, it's funny when I started that business, I thought that was going to be it. We're going to have this little airplane and this is kind of where my career has gone. But unbelievably, we are um, we now have uh, operate jets and only jets. Uh, we have two light jets and we're going to be adding a mid-sized jet and then also a super mid-sized jet. So that's going to give us four um, and, you know, which is going to broaden our uh, our um, our options, I guess. So with uh, um, coming up on four uh, jets, you obviously have to have quite a few uh, pilots in your stable. How do you decide when you're interviewing them? Because it's such a unique position flying private um, uh, corporate and, and personnel around. How do you decide when you interview them and they're going to fit your business model? So, it, you know, it's, uh, I think uh, Herb Kelleher was the president of Southwest Airlines and, and he was a famous person because he kind of approached things differently. Um, and and he, he really said, you know, I hire the person, I hire the personality and you can train them to be a pilot. So, um, you know, obviously the people that come to us are already interested in aviation, but we're looking for, again, I emphasize service a lot because uh, without the service, you're not gonna be flying, uh, especially at this level, uh, the clientele that you're with. So we're looking for somebody that plays well in our sandbox. You know, you've got motivation, uh, they see problems and they solve problems before they happen. They don't have to be driven. I, uh, I'm a very hands-off type guy. I hire people that uh, know their, what their job is, know how to get it done and do it without being told. You know, private jets obviously are, are you know, cost you millions and millions to add um, each one. So for entrepreneurs out there that have a business that have very expensive uh, capital requirements to add assets, how do, how do you decide when it's time that you can, you can spend these millions and millions and get the return on it? Well, I'll have to tell you this. Um, thankfully, we're able to buy at the right price. So we're not having to spend quite as much as, as it might seem that you would need to do. We buy good quality aircraft um, um, and we don't buy new aircraft. Uh, just the, the cost is so prohibitive in, in a business like this. Um, so I always knew that, um, or I, I shouldn't say I always knew, I learned that the more capability you have, the more business you will generate. So when I had that small aircraft, there was a limit to what I could do. Um, when we uh, upgraded to a turboprop, uh, we went to a King Air, we got rid of the, the piston aircraft, business began to grow because we had more capability. Um, and then it just became obvious. It's like, you got to have jets. That's what all successful and large charter companies fly. They fly jets. Public perception plus just the economics of it mean you really need to be flying jets. So we looked around for what would be the perfect airplane for us. And we came up with the Citation 5 because it's kind of like a flying SUV. It has decent speed, decent range, and a lot of room for people to take their stuff. Um, so, um, so we had one. And... Then um, if you're familiar with the concept of a black swan, um, along came a requirement by, a requirement by the government to, um, to, it's called ADSB. So it was a new uh, avionics uh, thing. So we had to actually go and retrofit 
that airplane uh, and spend significant money on it. And so we would have, we were forced with having to shut the business down. Well, we needed a second airplane. So that was a, that was a no brainer. So we got a second one and then, and then found out that we needed two. And so, um, it, you know, it just, I, my goal is to build my certificate. So the more range and the more territory that I can go, uh, you know, means I've got a, a larger customer base. And therefore, if we're going to do that, we need an airplane that'll go there. And that's what the Falcon did. So we, we went up to an airplane that has a great reputation and great capability. And, um, and it's just kind of, it's kind of like the whole build it and they will come thing. If you have that supply, people are going to fly in it. You know, with, with uh, your customers typically being uh, either wealthy or, or higher net worth individuals and corporate executives, um, does that create unique challenges for you to, to deliver the level of service they're looking for? I, I, think, it, I think it does. You know, it's like, I, I, but, but the, um, the one interesting thing about my business is that it is actually kind of varied. We um, have had for a while pre, pre-COVID, we did a very uh, thriving trade, just taking time critical light freight. And we went all over, uh, you know, taking things, it was usually for the airlines, but we also do uh, medical transport type stuff, not stretcher type stuff, but organ uh, procurement, uh, also uh, medical, um, you know, we did, we did a skin graft, things like that. You, you go and pick up the, that sort of stuff. Then we have the pleasure trips and then we have the business trips. So we do have a, a kind of a wide variety that we can pull from. Um, but yes, I, I think that, again, it goes back to the service. If you're not providing the service, you will not have that clientele. Uh, that, you know, anything uh, that is antithetical to airline flying is what we do. You know, I, I have, I'll have passengers sometimes they'll show up and they'll be 15 minutes late. And I tell them, you're not late. If I wanted you to leave at a certain time, we would ride you on the airlines. So, you know, it is, it's all about having what they need, helping them. And we do it from, we don't just fly. If they need it, we'll arrange transportation and, you know, catering and hotels, whatever they need, we do it. You know, it's every business obviously uh, uh, looks for as many revenue streams as possible. So it's great that you uh, not only just fly corporate people or individuals, but you're also doing the, the medical and some of the cargo transport to, to keep those, uh, as many of those revenue streams going as possible, because not all of them are, are um, uh, 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 being in demand at the same time. That's exactly right. And, and that number one customer there for a while was carrying uh, Thompson City Freight for the airlines. And, you know, look what COVID did to the airline, that business completely disappeared. And then we had another aspect that showed up that was able to fill the gaps. And honestly, right now, um, we, have, we have so many customers that are coming to us because we've developed relationships with brokers. Um, so the, the brokers have a, have a stable of customers that you know, come to them to arrange fl- their flights and they come to us. We have a reputation because we deliver. We deliver on you know, what we say we're gonna do and on the service and you know, they keep coming to us. So, You know, thinking back to when you were flying uh... Uh, as a as a uh, employee to, to charter service and now through uh, owning your own uh, high-end jet service has the customers expectations changed in the last um, 20 years that you've been doing this 
I think that um, you know, I, you know, I hate to bring up the the C word, uh, COVID again, but you know, it, there there has been some expectation, I think, with that, uh, you know, and so we take some extra precautions with cleaning and things like that, and to you know, uh, germicidal type sprays and whatnot. But I think that. Um, but, you know, the customer is more savvy now, you know, they understand, uh, you know, it used to be everybody would join with a, a fractional company and that just was a very expensive way to do things. I think they're coming and finding out that, especially if you go directly to the operator, uh, we do use a lot of brokers, but there are people that come directly to us and that, uh, you know, is, um, get, gives them a cost savings that they didn't have before. But I really think that, um, that, it, that it is, I mean, we've, we've flown, people that are extremely famous. We've flown people that no one would know. Um, and they, they expect the safety, they expect the professionalism, and they expect, you know, um, a, a good, clean, safe aircraft. And I think that's always been the case. And the more you do that, the better you are. You know, every business um, has, is cyclical. You know, you have, um, you know, uh, highs and lows. Uh, and, I remember back in uh, 2008 during a financial crisis, uh, there were in the news, there were several uh, jet charter companies in Georgia, a couple of big ones, very big ones in Atlanta that ended up going out of business. Right. How, how are you managing your business and assets and, and capital requirements so that when these downturns come that you're, you're, you're able to, to make it through them uh, whole and, and come out the other side as well as uh, you are today? Right. You know, I always tell people, you know, it, I won't say that all of our businesses with the top 1% of, of uh, you know, uh, wealth owners in the, in the country, but, you know, we do deal with a, an expensive product and those that, you know, generally don't feel the effects of any recession quite so, so badly. Also, having other sources of income definitely helps. I mean, let's face it, uh, when we had the lockdowns, you know, those two months, we were down 50% and we were down 75% in the, in the, in the next month. Um, you know, people that normally went to football games or to vacations and things like that, suddenly they're not going. But other than that, you know, our business recovered, bounced back, and is actually double over this time last year. And, you know, I don't know what's driving it all. It can't be just people that used to pay, you know, $300 to go ride an airline somewhere and now will pay a lot more. But it's just, I think there's some pent-up demand. I think people um, are realizing the value that's there. Um, so um, we have always focused on controlling costs. And we do that by the maintenance that we get. Uh, we get very good maintenance, but it's with a shop that we've been with for a long time and we have a great relationship and they help us control costs. I mean, it definitely is a teamwork type thing. We also do it through uh, shopping for the best prices on fuel. Um, and I'm just very aggressive about trying to save money as much as I possibly can because it's the only way to survive. So, um, you know, not every... Um great employee uh, has the um, uh, drive to become a, an, uh, an, an owner themselves, an entrepreneur themselves. Um, a lot of them, it's usually the risk, you know, they're very risk averse and just not willing to, to take on that risk. So how did you make that transition in your mind from being a, 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 a contracted pilot to saying, you know, I'm willing to take on the risk of these millions of dollars in jets and uh, make a go of it? Yeah, um, I think um, an intractable stubbornness, um, <laughs> you know, it just, uh, I am a, um, you know, I do have some 
personal drive. And, you know, if I have a goal, I definitely, you know, want to do what I can to, to solve it. And, and there are a lot of obstacles. And I, I didn't realize when I started what the major obstacles would be. I thought it would be getting customers. It's not. It's the government. Um, and so <laughs> learning to deal with them and, and uh, you know, trying to get what you need from them is, is definitely was a, was a thing. And at some point, I just decided these people are not going to beat me. And I'm going to get what I want. And so <laughs> I, I think that kind of comes down to it. And you do have the significant uh, financial investment in it. And I think that provides part of that. You know, you, if you don't get out and, and beat the bushes and, and, and overcome whatever obstacles, you, you will not be doing it. That's for sure. You know, in my uh, uh, liveaboard business, we have one vessel that's flagged in the U.S. out of Hawaii. And we go to dry dock with all the vessels uh, every two years uh, okay. for, for upgrades and, 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 and maintenance work. And so they, in this last dry dock, uh, decided to do some electrical uh, upgrades. And so speaking of government um, uh, intrusion, uh, they've been waiting uh, over 30, uh, excuse me, over three months for the Coast Guard to send an inspector out to look at um, the electrical uh, architectural designs and approve it, which it was hardly anything major. But because they touched uh, uh, one wire, um, the Coast Guard has to come out and, and inspect it. And it's, it's impossible to get them out there because they're, you know, half of them are still working from home. Right. It, it, it was, it was, it was a shock to me and obviously an eye opener. And we certainly learned a lot from it. You know, I, when I first started, I thought, well, you know, you don't want to call them and pester them, you know, but you end up waiting and, and weeks go by. And I, fi I finally learned you, you need to call them and pester them. I mean, you need to be nice about it, but you need to be firm too. It's like, I need this from you. I have to have this. You are, you're holding me back. And we've learned a lot. I've got a great uh, team of people, um, even with what we're trying to do right now with add these other two jets, uh, you know, this time we've come at this, um, in a more proactive way. And we've, we've actually given them a time period. It's like, we need this done and we need it done in 72 days. And here's all the stuff that you need and there's no excuse for you not to do your job. And so, uh, but when you, when they work with you, it goes well, when they don't, it, it's, it's difficult. So you have to learn. I found I had a few political skills as well. I mean, for, for someone who runs his mouth as much as I do, but um, so, you know, it, yeah, those, we, those are the challenges that are there, and yeah, yeah, you you know what I'm what I'm feeling. <laughs> we we've we've seen the same thing that um, you know don't hesitate ever to call um, uh, whichever department in the government that you're working with to try to get things through. When uh, I was applied for uh, uh, one of the general licenses to start sending uh, trips down to Cuba. Um, I, you know, I submitted all the paperwork online and I kept checking the online database, which just said it's, it, you know, we got it, we got it, we got it, but nothing happened. And so finally I picked up the phone and called, you have to leave a message, which was fine. That, I mean, within a couple hours, they called me right back and said, oh yeah, let me, you know, we've got your package. We're going to look, look through it and, you know, I'll call you back in a couple of days. We've got any questions. So definitely help to pick up the phone and, uh, and get things moving along. You know, um, you know, we're in an industry that is expensive. Um, and, you know, here you and I are talking in a way that we would not have done uh, two years ago. Um, and so there is this technological, you know, advances, but still being next to somebody and being across the table um, and, you know, is the way to get business done. And we still are going to be flying people to go and do business that way. Um, and, you know, people still want to travel and there's a huge benefit to, uh, to doing it this way. Uh, and what people don't 
often don't realize is, yes, this is an expensive product, but you take two or three couples, four couples, you put on an now you can go and leave from your local airport, go on a wonderful vacation, stress-free as far as the travel is concerned, and you really haven't spent that much money. I mean, it's a first-class vacation, but it's not, you know. Um, so we're trying to get, you know, some of that out in the public as well, too. So for those that have never flown private before, can you kind of go through the advantages all the way from when they arrive at the airport to when they um, arrive at their destination that uh, they would they would uh, encounter going on a private jet? Um, it, it really is, um, I, you know, you might could call it the old... Um, the old show there, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous, but I mean, it is, it's, it's the ease. That's the number one thing. Um, yes, our product is more expensive than, than the airline product. However, what we deliver is also, you know, I, I'll say it's worth it because you have personalized service. Uh, when you call the phone, we answer it. Uh, we cater to your needs. You drive to the airport, it's all a very leisure, you know, leisurely boarding process. Um, you're cared for by professionals who are there for you. Uh, you know, it's it, it, the safety is completely um, is 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 the top of the line, um, and, and and it's just it's so convenient. And I and and uh, I took a trip to uh, on the airlines here with my family not too long ago. Went to Costa Rica, and I you know, the stress, especially with all the stuff they're doing now and the COVID and all the rest of it, making sure you're wearing your mask and all the rest of it. I mean, um, you, you know, which you can wear a mask if you want to, but um, it, it's it's just the ease of travel. So so when they get to the airport, there's, there's no uh, security line they have to go through, no metal detector. Um, they just kind of walk into the airport and greet you and they walk out to the plane and, and board. Well, they've already been through TSA because we are legally required to submit their name. So uh, you've already cleared TSA. Uh, we're going to ask to see your ID. And, you know, let's say you went on a hunting trip. We're going to make sure that your guns and your ammo are in separate, you know, uh, containers and things like that. And that's about as stressful as it gets. Uh, so, you know, and then, you know, everybody just walks out to the aircraft and boards and it, and it is. It's just a, it's a very easy um, easy way to do things. And when they get to the destination, the same thing, they just walk off, get their rental car and, and head on out. Usually, um, if, you know, sometimes people are, are arranging for transportation or they've got a rental car and mostly we try to get it uh, plain sight. Uh, your luggage will be handled uh, and loaded in your car and you'll be sent on your way. You might have to walk by uh, the FBO desk and, uh, and sign for your rental car or something like that. But it is, it's seamless. We try to make it as seamless as possible and as stress-free as possible. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it is a huge luxury, but it's a luxury with value. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I can see. I can see that for sure, especially on on. Uh, uh, I used to do a lot of uh, trips out to California when I was with uh, when I was a Taco Bell franchisee. Yeah. And, I, you know, I would be out there in meetings for, you know, maybe four or five hours total, but I was gone for three days. That's right. And certainly trying to fly out there private, have the meeting and be back, you know, in time for dinner would have been well worth it. Oh, absolutely. And, and the thing, too, is that most people don't realize, I mean, you know, your, your, um, your time is worth something. Uh, you don't have to be a CEO of a major corporation to, have, to you know, have your time be uh, as valuable as anybody else's. Um, and when you board an airplane on a Friday morning and you go somewhere on a vacation or something and you're back uh, Sunday evening, well rested, and all the, you know, it, it's just uh, it, it's a huge thing. And I've seen it with some of our customers. Um, as a matter of fact, I remember uh, uh, it was three couples.
couples, they decided they want to go to Martha's Vineyard, which is a very difficult place to get to on the airlines. Uh, so we leave uh, out, of, out of the Augusta area. We go to Martha's Vineyard. They stay for their weekend. They come home. Uh, they were home uh, Sunday afternoon, something like that. They're just standing on the ramp thinking, wow, uh, what do we do now? Well, I guess we drive home and go to dinner. So, you know, it was, it was a very relaxing thing. You know, it's part of, the transportation's part of your trip and it needs to be something that is as pleasant as it possibly can be. Great, that, that, you're exactly right. Um, ha have you had mentors that have helped you um, navigate through becoming a, a, an entrepreneur yourself and an owner of a jet charter business? I have. And, you know, I'll tell you, Wayne, it's like, I, I believe um, that my faith in God has given me a, a huge amount of strength. It gives me some centering and also it widens my perspective so that I can look at some of these problems and think, you know, they're not as big as I think they are in my head right now. Uh, in business, my father, um, it really is the guy that I'm, I'm a pilot, not a businessman, but um, I've had a lot of uh, help from him in business. Um, my first chief pilot, his name was Randy Brooks. So as far as the flying goes, uh, he really, you know, I look back on lessons that he taught me as a young guy, you know, and think, yeah, that's the way he would do this. And then of course, um, you know, honestly in life, my wife, um, and she has, uh, she's always wanted me to do what, what has made me happy. And so I just feel like, you know, in all those categories that, yes, I definitely, this is not a one-man band. <laughs> Most businesses um, uh, that have a, a small businesses that have private owners that are typically not a one-man band. You need everybody around you chipping in to help. You do. And you get information from, from everybody, you know I mean? And, and you have to be willing to go and ask questions and learn and listen and, uh, and you pick up stuff, I think. So um, one final question, Perry, is there any other advice you would give to um, anybody looking to either become an entrepreneur themselves and have their own business, or they've been in business for a while and they're looking to, to grow it? I, you know, to me, I, I tell you, um, I think the fear of failure is, is the, the biggest stumbling block and, and trying to understand when you understand that failure uh, is not a personal indictment, whatever. Yeah. I look at it as the seedbed of success. Nobody likes it. But, you know, no one can have a business and not fail in some way. And I think that, you know, and th that and just enjoying what you do. You know, if you love what you do, I love to fly. Um, uh, and now I'm loving, you know, trying to grow a company. And when you love something, you know, uh, the money part of it is not as important as the success that it brings. And yes, if you're good at it, you're going to get some money out of it. And that just, you know, helps you make it through life and all the rest of it. But, you know, loving what you're doing and, um, and, and, and not being afraid to get out there and, and risk, you know, uh, stumbling is the two things I think that keep uh, me going. All right. Well, Perry, thanks again for your time today. So everybody, you've been listening to uh, Perry Baranowski and, and realizing his dream to create AirStat, a private air charter service. Perry, thanks again today. Thanks, Wayne. Appreciate your time. Thanks for tuning into the Inspired by Adventure podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you haven't already, please subscribe through iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. See you next time.